Okay, we're continuing the Arucha Shurim. The Shurim, like we said, for Chaydesh Shvat, have been sponsored by the Greenberger family. Uh, the learning should be a schus for them. Shimali Hashem Komishalis Libam Litoiva. Okay, so we're started on Monday. The halachas of Shtaris, deals and documents. And we are today going to continue and start from. Page 17. Page 17, we're going to start with a piece of Shulchan Aruch, and we are going to see a very lamdisha geshmak ekzois hachayshen on this Shulchan Aruch. So let's see, page 17 on the top there, the Shulchan Aruch, Siv Zayin, this is Hilchus Hava, Simen Menvav, Siv Zayin. So we know there's a concept, if you remember from Gemara's, there's a concept of Miskayim Ashar, means we prove, we notarize a star to show that it's, it's valid. So there's five different ways one could use in Bezdin to validate a star. The first way is simple. If the judges know and they recognize the signature of the Edim, um, they've obviously dealt with them and their documents and signatures at other times, so they recognize it. So they recognize the Edim, so the, the court immediately understands that this is a true and uh, valid document. Hasheini, the second way to validate a document, if the witnesses sign in front of the Bezdin, so they see it, they see it, they see them signing it. So again, that's also another way of, of creating a valid shtar. Hashlishi, the third way, If the witnesses themselves come, each one comes, and he testifies, yes, this is my signature, and I'm a witness to what this document says. So that's another way to validate the shtar with the witnesses um, saying edus on their own signature. They could do that. Say edus on their own signature. The fourth way is that a separate set of witnesses comes and they say edus that we know that this is the signatures of these Edim. So meaning if Ruvain and Shimon sign a document as witnesses, and then Levi and Yehuda come to Bezdin, and they made in front of Bezdin, they testify and they say, we recognize that this is Ruvain and Shimon's signatures, so that is another way of, of um, validating it. Okay. Hachamishi, you can skip the parentheses, the brackets. Hachamishi, sheiksav yodam yoitze mishtorois acherois. So this is a very interesting way of validating signatures. Till now, it's very much about um, recognition, it's about the dayanim, it's about testimony. The fifth way is that we have other documents that the Edom have signed on already. Now, it's not that the court recognizes the signatures themselves, the judges don't recognize it. But v'orchin bezdin so Bezdin takes out the other documents that these witnesses have signed and they compare them 
to this document that the witness has signed. So the other ones have been notarized already and validated already. So we know that those documents actually have the proper signatures on it. And now we compare it to the signature we see on the document in front of them. And we see they match up with each other. Okay, so then the Shulchan Aruch will skip the, uh, the end, what type of shtar you use. Um, the first was that the, the judges themselves recognize the, um, the, uh, the handwriting, the signatures of the Edom. They recognize it themselves. Now turn the page to page 18. And you know, sometimes we do that. There's like, you know, um, sometimes when a, a, a get has to be sent through a shliach to somewhere else. So if you remember from the Gemara in Masech Gitin, that when you send a get with a shliach in Chutzlar, it's the first Mishnah in Masech Gitin, so the shliach has to come in front of a Bezdin and say, In front of me this was written, and in front of me this was signed. So when a shliach, and that, now once that happens one time, so then the shliach is allowed to make any numerous shluchim down the line. So a lot of times when a get is sent out of town through a shliach, so basically the get's written for here in Cleveland, let's say the husband's here in Cleveland, and he appoints a shliach, he gives the shliach the get. Now what the shliach is usually going to do, he's going to send it in the mail. Send it in the FedEx to the next city, where some the rub over there will accept it, and a shliach has been designated over there. So what happens is, so immediately the shliach here in Cleveland sits down in front, comes in front of a bezdin, and the bezdin he says the lashon b'fanei nechta b'fanei nechta, and then the bezdin writes a document that says. You know, we, the Bezdin, were here, and when this shliach came to us with all the details, and everybody signs, all the three Dayanim sign. The question is, this document is going to go to Timbuktu, right? And the Rav over there is going to look at the document that says that a Bezdin signed it. How do they know the signatures are valid? How do they know my signature, David Aaron Gross? How do they know he doesn't know my signature? So basically what we do is, so the three Dayanim actually write their name three times on separate pieces of paper, and that gets sent along with it so they can compare the signatures. And three times is a chazaka, they can compare the signatures, and that's enough to validate that, that Maisa Bezdin. So it's a very similar thing that we do um, to, to over here. Okay, now let's look at the Ksai Sachayshin. Um... <coughs> Let's look at the Ksais HaKhaish and we're going to start where that arrow is. Um, and that is like this. Let's just see what I'm looking for here. Um, okay, and that is like this. We, we, the Shulchan Aruch is telling us that we can validate signatures of Adim by comparing them to other Shtaris. What about an IOU? We spoke about on, on, on Monday. There's a concept of an IOU. That's 
the person's own ksaviyad, his own handwriting, it's not valid, doesn't have any edim on it, he writes either I, the undersigned, and he writes it in his handwriting and signs it, or it's written by someone else and he signs it, that's all called ksaviyadai. So what happens if a document comes to Bezdin, and it has, it's an IOU, the guy has his own signature on it. So Bezdin wants to validate his signature. So, if there's Adim, okay, there's witnesses, if you have the other ways of, of uh, validation, those work. But what about the fifth way? Could we compare his signature to his own signature for an IOU? That's the question at hand. So says the Ksais, an unbelievable thing. And that, over there by the error on the right side. Ulam be'ikr hadin l'kayim ksav yad haloive al dimoi so he's going to pass in in the following manner. And let's see what he says. The Gemara there says, There are two ways for someone, if you remember from the Gemara in Elu Metzias, when you find the Metzias, there's two ways to identify that someone owns something. Either there's Simonim on them, there's something telling on them that shows that it belongs to him. Or there's a concept of tvius ayin. Tvius ayin means that the person recognizes it's his thing. He doesn't have any special identifying um, signs on it. But he says, you know, he says, I found the watch. Oh, that's my watch. Could you prove it's your watch? No, but I know it's my watch. I could tell it's my watch. There's a certain Tviya sign. So the Gemara says over there that you don't just, the guy comes along and says, yeah, I recognize my thing. You don't give back to him. That's the concept of Simanim. But a Talmud Chacham, who doesn't lie, he's Muxak. A Talmud Chacham, we give it back to him with Tviya sign. So Rav says over there, which one is really a better identifier? Tviya sign, the fact that I recognize my thing, or Simanim? So Rav says in the Gemara Nechul, in the beginning I used to think, that a simon is really better. Why? Because we return a lost article if he gives us identifying marks on it. And for a regular person who's not a Talmud Chacham, we don't give it back because the guy says, yeah, I recognize it's mine. But So the um, the uh, but Rava says that now that I heard these different Gemaras, now I see it's the opposite. And the Gemara says a couple of different examples. And I go through the whole Gemara there. But one thing the Gemara brings Arai and says: How is a Suma, a blind person, allowed to live with his wife at night? Or, Stam B'nai Adam, at night, how they are allowed to live with their wife. In the olden days, there were no lights, the candles went out, it was pitch black. It was pitch black. Asuma is a blind person. How does he know who his wife is? He's going to go into bed with his wife, how is he going to know who she is? The Teretz is, says the Gemara, because there's a Tzviyas Ayin Dekala, is a recognition of the voice. There's certain recognition. Certain recognition that we allow him to even live with someone, he doesn't know, maybe it's somebody else. So the Gemara proves in different ways, there's these different things that you see, says Rav, Tvias Ayin is really better than Simonim. So Amar of Yitzchak Reidar Mesharsha, Teda, I'll bring you another Raya. Diluasi Beitreva Amri, Planya Dehai Simono, Vahai Simono, Katal Nafsha. Let's say two witnesses come to Bezin and say, the guy who was wearing the blue shirt and black pants, 
he killed somebody. And we find a guy who was wearing a blue shirt and black pants. We don't, that's not enough to kill him and say he's the Reitzach. What do you mean? There's simanim on it. There's simanim, blue shirt, black pants. You don't kill him. And, however, but if the Edom come and say, hey, that's the guy, we recognize him. We recognize him. Well, what's special about him? He has a nose, he has a mouth. Well, what's special about him? No, but we see, that's him, this is the guy. We saw him, that's Tzviya Zion. We kill him. So you see, Tzviya Zion is really stronger than Simonim. That's what Rabbi Yitzchak Breder and Mishashia says. Vim Kain, so comes along the Ksais and says, Hu Adin Bazeh. How do we want to recognize the loyva signature? We want to compare it. Compare it is simonim. We don't know this is his signature. It's not like we recognize it. But we have a simon, it's his signature. What's the simon? Because we have a matching one. We compare those two, that's called the simon. That's the, so he says. If witnesses come and say we recognize the signature, that's tviyasayin. That's recognition. That's believed. But simonim comparing to, he says no. We wouldn't be mechayivim. So the ksois wants to pass him like Rav Shri Ragain. That's how we started off. That when it comes to validating a person's own signature, you can't use comparison. Because that's like simanim. Simanim are not enough to kill a person. Simanim are not enough to be mechayev him money, to say this is a good document and he owes the money. Now, so says the Ksais, what's really the difference? How come a regular two Adim we make a comparison? That's also Simonim. What's the difference? So he says, the Hainutsura Sa'ishal Plaini, what are the Simonim? That the letters, the form of the letter, Daimalitsura Sa'isha Mikaimimitaikai, you compare the two letters. So we're using simanim to validate witnesses and we will then be mighty mammon. So what's the difference? It's simanim is simanim. Mikamakaim, so he says like this. Why, is, why do we ever have to validate two Adim's um, signatures? Two Adim are two witnesses. The Torah says two witnesses are believed to do things. Why do we need to validate the Shtar? So really, according to Torah law, we do not have to validate the star. Two witnesses sign. Chazal were nervous that perhaps some other witnesses will come and say this is a forge, this is a this, this is that. Chazal made a din derabbanan that you have to validate the star and notarize it. So it's a din derabbanan. So the Chachamim came along and said, listen, we're the ones who are obligating you to validate it, so we're going to let you do a kula and use simanim. We're not really testifying about the players here, the borrower, the lender, the, the person who is the one who's being mechaev himself. We're talking about the edim. So since the whole validation of shtaris, meaning validating two witnesses signed on a shtar, is only a din derabbanon, the rabbanon said simonim are enough. Yes, simonim are shvacher; they're weaker. We see that you don't kill a person for simonim, but this is all a din derabbanon. Anyways, they allowed it. 
But if we're coming to figure out who the loiva is, that's not a din de Rabbanon. That we have to prove that this star is a valid star. The, the fact that a guy's signature is on a star doesn't make it valid until we prove it's his signature. So loy mahani. What would happen if two witnesses come and say that the guy in the blue shirt and black pants borrowed money from the other guy who was wearing a yellow shirt and gray pants and, uh, and beige pants and we find two people who match that? Will we be mighty mamun? No, simonim aren't enough. That's not enough. Just so you don't kill them. They might see in mamun ayyde simonim ayin. So the Xais is coming with the Maridic alumnus here and saying the difference between why we could use comparison for Adim because that's only a Din they were Mekel. But really comparison Simonim is not such a good validation. Mashain Kain, if you're proving who the Loiva is, that's already making the Shtar into a Shtar and according to Torah law, so that you need the stronger validation, which is to be a Zion. We recognize that we recognize the signature, not through comparison. And if you now skip a few lines, you go up to the top of the next column, to the third line in the, in the top of the next column, Only through recognition. So basically, that's how he paskins the Ksais. So we had over here in the Shulchan Aruch five ways of validating a star. Now, this was a star with Adim. On Monday, we talked about there's a concept of an IOU. An IOU is not the same strength as a star with Adim, it doesn't put a lean onto the Onto the, um, onto the property. There's a question if you're allowed, if a person on an IOU could say parati. We spoke about this on Monday. Could he say I paid back and be believed or not? Machlaik is rejoining. And here, so we had five ways of validating a shtar with Aiden. The question is if way number five will work with an IOU. So that seems to be a shaila, but the Ksais is coming out and saying a psak like Rav Shri Ragain that it will not work. Because in that way you're going to be using simanim, and simanim are not strong enough to be might simanim. So the only thing that really classifies an IOU from a Yashtar is that the only, only has the... the uh, only has his signature. His. Correct. If, if there's Adim on there, now it's a Shtar. Well, so we had this last time that there's Adim on... It's, it's not 100% like a Shtar. It's stronger. Because you remember Shtar also had to have different rules of spaces and stuff like that. We didn't get those halachas. But there's, there's a, a mahalach of how to write a Shtar. So we said last time that, there's, that if there's Adim written on it, he can't say parati. Right, but I'm I'm not 100% clear. I don't think that it gets gets the full validation of a star. I'm not sure if we'll make a lean or not because if you don't, just because you have the witnesses, you have to write the text of the star with the proper halachas as well. Okay, let us go now to page 19. On page 19, we have like this at the top of the page: Simon Ayin Aleph, Hisna Hamalva Im Haloiva, Shiyeneman Becholes Shiyomar Shaloi Paru. Let's say the malva, the blender, makes a condition with the loiva that he's going to be the one to be believed if the loan was paid or not. Meaning, even though it's possible for the loiva, the borrower, to 
say that if, let's say it's a Milval pad, let's say there's no star there, right? So really, if he comes along um, and says that I paid back, he's believed that might make of our love Araya. But let's say they made a condition that he's not going to be believed to say he paid back. The only one who's believed that this document, this loan was executed and it was repaid was only the Malva. So, so if they made that condition and there's witnesses to it, so he's able to then, whenever he says, you know, it wasn't paid back, he gets to take it even without a Shvua. Even if it's a milval pet, it's an oral loan, which normally you could say parati, here they made that tonight. Um, now, if you let's so go down to the bottom where the Shulchan Aruch continues, on uh, the second line, Now, if they just made a condition that the Malva is believed, he's not believed against witnesses. He's believed against the loiva from saying that he paid back. But if the witnesses say you were paid, the Malva is not believed. What happens if the original condition was no, that the Malva has the power of two Eidim? So basically, if a lender wants to be assured that the borrower will not claim parati, he's able to stipulate and make a tnai that um, he is believed, and even Keneged Edim, he is believed to say it wasn't paid. So now you ask me, so what's the life is supposed to do? The Malva is going to constantly, um, you know, ask for payment. So if you turn the page to page 20, we have a very simple answer to that problem. Now, why the loiva will, will uh, agree to this? Because he needs the money. That's the bottom line. You know, the Malva doesn't have to lend him the money. If he's stuck for the money, and the Malva wants to make this condition, so he has him over a barrel. He might have to do that. So if you look to Sif Dalid, on page 20, You get a receipt. You get a receipt. So if you're a loiva and you pay back, always get yourself a receipt. Now, even, the, even if the Malva says, I'm believed, he's not believed against his handwritten receipt, right? And even if he says, I'm believed against two Adim, but he's still not believed against his handwritten receipt. So that, in this case, the Laiva could. But the point here is that the Malva can make these conditions. He can make these conditions if he wants. And um, again, you know, this is something that sometimes might, someone may want to put into a contract. Um, like we said in the beginning, there's certain things that people want to put into contracts so that halachically they will be obligated, they will be able to, uh, so for example, let's say, you know, we talked about in cases where there's going to be a, a suffix, many cases there's an argument in the Paiskim, if you're chayev or you're not chayev. So normally we would say, and you can't be mighty the mammon. But we said that if you put in a stipulation that even if there's one opinion that holds that, that you're chayev, you'll have to pay me, that's enough. So there's these things to put in so that in a bezdin, a person is assured of his money. And this is another way to get out of the loiva having any tainas of parati or anything like that. A malva might want to put in this stipulation that he's believed unless obviously there's a receipt there that uh, counteracts that. So that's another... Uh, another, um, you know, another uh, thing that could go into a halachic, halachic um, document. Now let's turn to page 22, and this is also a fascinating um, halacha. A fascinating halacha. 
with a fascinating Vilna Gain. Um, on page 22 is actually in Hilchas Chezkas Karkois. And this is a Simen Kuf Mem. And if you look over there, um, where that gray line is, right next to the last wide line and right before Siftes. Mikoyma shall base haknesses. It was an interesting thing. People used to have seats in shul. Now we have to realize in the olden days, seats in shul, a person bought his seat. Um, sometimes he bought it for the year, but sometimes it was like a lifetime uh, purchase. And they even were able to inherit it to their children. It was, it was like a major thing, your seat. You know, and nowadays it also in some places is a major thing, your seat. But in those days it was a real ownership thing. And uh, you paid a lot of money for that seat. So how did you know whose seat was whose? So they used to write their name on the seat. They used to write their name on the seat. So the Ramah says, and this is from a rush, that the Mekayim is in a shul, that the minig is that everyone writes their name on it, Havi Kishtar. It's as if there is a document that he owns this seat. Havi Shalai. And whoever whose name is it, that's who it belongs to. And someone's going to come along and say, no, it's my seat. So just like if you would pull out a document that you bought this seat, so that would prove that you bought seat 1A. If you have your name on seat 1A, that proves. <coughs> so the Ramah, the Rush, is saying an unbelievable chiddush here. It's not a star. What kind of document is this? There's no witnesses on it. Well, what, kind, what kind of document is this? That it has the power of a star that no one could be ma'arar on it. No one could say a word. It's as if I have a written document that I own it. It's an unbelievable thing. So if you look down in the Bir Hagra, in the third line, <coughs> at the end of the line, Mikai Maishel, so the Bir Hagra says a fascinating Mikar. For this, um, for this rush, and he writes like this: Baba Mitzia Ayin Dalid Amar Aleph, Hai Situmta Uva Asra Denehigi Visham Liknais Venilmar Gamkein Leinyan Raya. What does that mean? There's a concept we're going to talk about. Uh, where is it? In one of the coming weeks. I don't see it have as a heading here, but we will talk about this for sure. And there's a concept called situmta, meaning there are different ways of acquiring things in halacha. Kinyanim. There's chazaka, there's kesef, there's meshicha, there's all different ways of hagba, there's all different ways of acquiring something. Then there's something called situmta. Situmta basically means this is the custom of the land of how they seal deals. And this is how they make kinyanim. For example, in the uh, Diamond District in uh, 47th Street in Manhattan, if it still exists, or in uh, Belgium, in the Diamond District, so a handshake is a way of sealing a deal. And if you're from, they say Mazel Tov. And even the guy, I think, say Mazel Tov already over there in, in, in Belgium. Because that, so that means you... S- now, what Kenyan did they make that the, the guy owns the diamonds? He didn't make any Mashiachah. He didn't pe- give any Kesev yet. There was no Shtar. But the fact that this is the custom of the Seicharim, of this industry, and then every industry it may change, depending on the place and the time, 
But if there is an industry standard of how we seal a deal, that once we do the following, this is a Kenyan, so that becomes a Kenyan in Halacha. It's called Sitomta. It's called Sitomta. And it, it's interesting because it plays itself out into a lot of things nowadays. Why, um, when let's say you do an e-signature on something, right? Or you check off a box, right? And I agree to this, accept. What you do, right? So let's say that's a purchase, right? Between two Jews, right? And then one guy wants to back out. So did he buy it? Did he not buy it? There was no Kenyan. There was no Hagbal. There was no Mashiach. There, maybe there was no Kesef. A lot of these things might fall into Stitumta. If that's the custom of how a deal is finished, so that's the Halach and it's binding. So it's, 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 it could be very broad. So says the Gra, there's a Gemara high Situmta. That means to say if there's a custom. In the place that that's the custom. Visham Liknais. That Gemara is talking about a Kenyan, acquiring something. But the Gemara is telling us that when you have a custom in a place, a custom in a place is strong enough to make a Kenyan. Says the Gra that the Rosh wants to extend that to a Raya as well. What is a star? What's a document? A document is a proof. It's a proof that I bought something. I paid cash with it. So what's the document doing? The document is just a proof that I paid cash and I have that thing. So says the Gra, if Situmta could make a Kenyan, Situmta could be a Raya as well. And therefore, if the Minig in this place is that the way you show ownership, your proof of ownership, is by writing your name on the seat, it gets the power of a star. A star is the epitome of proof. Just like a situmta can get the power of a Kenyan and it executes some type of transaction, situmta gets the power of a star as a proof that nobody can be ma'ara, no one could come and claim differently because I have a proof. What's the proof? My name is on the seat. My name is writing on the seat. If that's the minig, that's the minig. So the guy is saying also a very lamdashidish over here. We have a Gemara that tells us the Tumta could, could could execute a transfer, a Kenyan, says the Rush, you could learn from there. The same thing is when it comes to a shtar, which is a proof, and therefore if this is the custom, it gets the power of the shtar, and therefore anyone whose name is on the seat, it's a proof that it belongs to him, and no one else could be Ma'ar. Okay, I think we'll stop here for tonight. Um we're not going to do the other marmakaimas. They're not as uh, as shayach as um, they're not as applicable. I mean, if you're welcome to look through them yourself, but um, that's where we'll stop here for tonight. We'll continue next week. What's next week? Next week is uh, a lot of gishmaka stuff. Okay, good. <laughs>